Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everybody and welcome to another exciting episode of the worst idea of all time. I've caught Guy slightly unawares with my intro and we're not we're not together. No. We're not together anymore. It's, We've split up. Uh, but the podcast continues and, you know, all going well with the mediator that we've booked, the professional podcast mediator, uh, we'll be allowed to record uh, together physically again. Tim and I have both yes. been given a, a, a long list of uh, work-ons for me. Eye contact, funnily enough, and for Tim, oh wow, yeah, yeah, for Tim, less physical, need... th- less physical contact between thighs, less physical contact between yeah. thighs. You know, I don't remember that <laughs> phraseology. <laughs> what did you hear? <laughs> so well, it wasn't there. Uh, Gratitude journal. Yeah. Have you written anything? Less. Physical contact. There was a. I between, don't know if you remember. Between my no, thighs. No, between our thighs. Like a mind. There was a period this season, and it wasn't spoken about on the records. If you want to watch the videos, you can see it on our Substack where you would only, only engage in conversation if our thighs were all touching. All four thighs had to be touching. All four thighs. <laughs> this doesn't seem right to me. And it doesn't seem like a conducive way to podcast. Unless you were using just one microphone, in which case, actually. Not a bad position to be in. Yeah, you gotta get those thighs together. Close. Share the and mic. you're a tech guy, Tim. And no, Tim wouldn't lie about this buy, kind of thing. Buy one lovely microphone and then get all four gorgeous thighs together. If, by the way, if you want to hear the sessions that we've been doing with our podcast mediator, uh, they also have a mic set up and they record all the sessions and release them. Not unlike Esther Perel. So um, <laughs> have a dig around and see if you can find that. Just doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel like. Uh, doesn't feel like content. It feels like your life that you're putting <laughs> online and getting people to pay you for. And they they should be different things, yeah. in my opinion. Are they for you? Well, this is the interesting thing about the worst idea, isn't it? Yeah. It's uh it do you know I reckon we're right on the border with that because of how sort of intrusive the project is. Um, it does change the makeup of your week and most certainly your day when you're watching the movie. 
So it does kind of have an impact on your life, but I think it's not enough to, you know, but there's, get it's too worked up about it. Certainly, but on the periphery, like on the on the fringes, have you thought of like say podcasting is colouring in? You've got a picture to colour in. Uh huh. I uh, we go over the lines. This podcast goes over the lines. There's a there's over there's the a lines, bleed. The pages what our life our life yeah it's it it it. Uh, it occupies the fringes of the podcast and sometimes bleeds yeah. in. You'll get a whole podcast, which is just the life. And I've got to say, actually, so we've just watched, uh, we've both watched, independent of each other, but also together in spirit, The Fate of the Furious, the eighth Fast and Furious movie for the fifth time. And um, I did so, Tim, with a very solemn sense of duty and uh, a seriously heavy heart this week. I don't oh, know how man. it went for you. We'll, we'll return to that in just a moment, but for those uh, who are supporting us on Substack for just $5 a month to get the video episodes ad-free and early and bonus content too, you may be confused about my, my setup. Guy's got a beautiful, like, where's Anderson? Wait, that's not right. Where's, uh, what's his name? Wally? No, oh. no, no. The film director has where's sim- Anderson? Like everything you got symmetri- it. It is Wes Anderson? Who's the guy who did the horror movies? Is that another? Rob Wes Craven. Zombie. I thought I had said Wed Scraven. <laughs> no, no, no. You got it, man. Or like I got them I got them mixed up. But okay, I got to trust my gut on this. You, guys, just a plain back wall. He's in the center of frame and there is a beautiful framed picture just above his head with a what looks to me like a pukeko. Either a pukeko or a takahe. We'd have to ask the artist. Who is the artist, Guy? Either uh, Gaylene, my... She describes herself as my mother outlaw because Chelsea and I are living in sin <laughs> or Chelsea herself. Awesome. And uh, in my backdrop, in stark contrast, there is a complicated dark scene going yeah, on because this, this is the angle of the garage you don't often see. I know. See. Can I describe it? Because I'm, I'm looking at it. Uh, mm. You've got your back to it. So from left yeah. to right, we have a paddling pool. Uh, yes, an assembly pool. of cardboard boxes that have been collapsed down, a tripod yep. for a, a studio, like a Hollywood-grade light, a ladder, uh, an e-bike <laughs> moving into... Oh, you can see the bike. Yeah, yeah, sort of an assembly of miscellaneous. And then on the right-hand side of frame, flanking Tim, is um, one of the patented podcasting sort of Lazy Boy-style chairs that we've come to know so well. And uh, mm. above the chair, you can see, you know, the sort of detritus that anyone would have scattered throughout their garage. Wash it, laundry powder, yeah, uh, extension cables, a lamp, etc. Um, yeah, the reason why the kids' paddling pool is in here is not just for shits and giggles. It's because we're um, record. The reason we're not together is uh, we're literally in the middle of a cyclone. Yeah. Um, right now, which will date the episode, but I, I care not. It's important for you guys to have the context. Yeah. Or rather, you guy, you libertarian and me, you. because you know mm. I've got my um... guy didn't actually know why. I just said, "Guy, we're recording uh, by the internet today," and he didn't because he, he knows better. Didn't ask any questions. Yeah. He said, "Okay, okay, Tim, sure thing. Whatever you say goes." I uh, okay, Tim, You're like Al Borland from Home Improvement. And the, the reason that we wa- I I watched when I did, and that I had a solemn sense of duty, is um, we were slated to watch together, thigh to thigh, as Tim likes to. Uh, but obviously, because there's a cyclone, uh, school has been cancelled, and so mm. uh, I have, and, and I mean, schools get cancelled in cyclones. That's great. You know, we're lucky to be safe and dry. 
But um, there's one random school that's refusing to close and it's copping a lot of heat. And I think that's what's influencing guys' <laughs> weird sentences there. Uh, but Oliver's home. And I mm. thought there is nothing more indulgent than um, watching it on the scheduled time. So waking up and just saying, all right, Chelsea, Olive, have a good day. Marooned in our house. I'm going to check out Vin and the gang for two and a half hours first thing. <laughs> So uh, I broke it down. I did a Tim Bat. I watched an hour in bed last night and then got up early this morning, first thing before the house was risen, and uh, polished it off. And I would love, in fact, I will re-listen to the first episode from this season because I don't recognize that person. I I'm so fucking hated it. I hated yeah, same. the whole thing. There was... Guy, this is this is so disrespectful to the project, but would you believe that I had not two, but three bites at the end? Today? Oh my god. I totally understand. It is just this incoherent assembly of like conceptual set pieces. And I just think I know that we're probably a bit a little less precious with it, but I just I you know, it's one of those it's one of those watches doesn't work. I feel like it's reflected this in movie the performances. Doesn't, doesn't work. This movie doesn't work. Yeah, the performances don't work. The it feels like it's been cut together from an eight-hour film. Mm. And, and so to get it anywhere near um, releasable for a cinema-going audience, we've now got this still completely unjustified two hours and 15 minutes. And, and but, but, but there's all this connective tissue that's been lost or something. It's crazy that the movie's only two hours and 15 minutes because I swear to God these guys spent a week in Russia. And take me what with them. Have, what would you have? What would you? I, I, um, as soon as they arrived in Russia, I hit my said, uh, um, cell phone screen to see where the timer was at. Forty-five, I think, minutes. To it's go. one sequence, guys. It's one sequence. Fucked. Let me say this. This is something I really noticed this time. There's simply too much going on visually in this action film for you to appreciate any of it. It's uh every every bit that's not the ham fisted dialogue that has to explain uh all of the plot which is stupid and needless is is just these never ending action sequences which by themselves contain like on paper all these incredibly impressive stunts and theatrics and explosions, pyrotechnics there's a lot of cool stuff in isolation, but there's just so much of it thrown all together that you can't make sense of it. And I, it's just you just kind of for me, I just go, it's all fake, it's all it, bullshit. It, it's it's altogether too much. I actually watched with captions on, and do you know what? Because we went the first time we've watched this one not together. I also mm. had to buy it from YouTube. So they've Oh yeah, I thought that might have happened. And I splashed out. I wasn't just gonna spend fourteen ninety nine for the standard definition. I wanted to watch this thing in crunchy HD. So I went sixteen ninety nine. The fact that they are selling movies in standard def in twenty twenty three is fucked. Standard def I think is four eighty P. Guys, go Google. Google, one of the largest corporations on earth by market cap. Sort your fucking shit out. You're selling movies for 15 bucks New Zealand in 480p? <laughs> Fuck, you were the company that originally 
gave yourself the slogan, don't be evil. And then you had to change it because you pulled shit like this. Get your fucking head out of your ass, Alphabet. Sort it out. And I, I on the on the copy I purchased, I decided, just because there's a few strays that I've missed of dialogue before, like we've discussed it, um, opening scene, probably the one part of the movie that I'm still... Uh, I did this. I did this exact thing you did. I put captions on just for a little bit of clarity in the back and forth between the Cuban sort of, you know, uh, the head honcho on the island, the the debt collector guy, and Vin, because you know they're having this back and forth, and his cousin's car has been repossessed. Vin Diesel's cousin's car has been repossessed, and uh, he says we had the guy says we had a deal, and Vin Diesel, aka Dominic Trudeau, says you made a deal, you got to live up to it. And then the guy says, you made a deal, you're going to live up to it. And I'd never been able to track exactly the line of dialogue or why that stimulates such a change in approach from uh, Dominic Toretto. And so had the captions on. And then I thought, I actually quite like being able to, I felt like one of the actors reading the script for the first time. And I liked being able to track the lines of dialogue as they were said. And can I tell you, Tim, this script needs work. Uh, <laughs> it, like it, it brought I, everyone's performance down to see what they were saying. I was like, "Why is it like?" It was just such. It's I I I thought you were going in a different place with this because I turned captions on as well in that scene for one reason and one reason only, and that is because my two years of high school Spanish have not stayed with me enough to understand what they were saying, and I wanted to get the translation. No. Not for you. I don't care that you paid fourteen ninety nine for a standard death <laughs> edition of Fate of the Furious. It just says in it says in Spanish, and then it's blank anytime someone is speaking in Spanish or Russian. And there's a lot in Later Spanish. On, they speak in Russian. It just says. Speak, I turned it off for that. Speaking in Russian. I re- fucking hell, guys. I read the whole movie. It did nothing to help it. But I also it's interesting because. Before and I didn't know if this would help or not, but before this watch, just by chance, I consumed some uh, other media with some like Olive has become very uh, consumed by her fandom of Baby by Justin Bieber, and wow, uh, there is a guest verse in Baby by yeah. Ludacris, and. I forgot it's about really that. interesting to hear his voice. Like when you're experiencing someone exclusively through the Fast and the Furious scripts, it's interesting to hear. Yeah. And it's like it's a transitional period in Ludacris's career. It's like he's not yeah, he's yeah. not doing that sort of you know the southern rap that helped him a- a- appear on the scene. It's like commercialized rap on a a song by teenage Justin a Bieber, chi- a wholesome a Christian version of Justin Bieber, where he's singing about. Um, his first heartbreak and, you know, teenage love. And Ludacris, a, a grown man, delivers this very sort of sweet verse about um, his experience of falling in love as a, as a teen. Like, he's singing about 13-year-old love. And I sort of like, I thought maybe hearing that and then seeing him again being like, you know, filling out the totality of the person we were just singing. And before I even heard that, I watched, do you ever watch these Architectural Digest videos on YouTube? Oh, yeah, people get right into I, them, I sort of just started climbing in and, um, you know, the algorithm doesn't, you know, it doesn't get it wrong with me much. And Tyrese Gibson, you can take a tour of his uh, six-story mansion hosted by him. And so... Six-story mansion? Yeah. He's, Where is it? I think it's in uh, Georgia. Maybe it's in Atlanta. 
but um, he's got a lot of business. He's got a lot of rooms for doing business in. He's there's a there is an idea that exists throughout the video that he his his home and lifestyle necessitate a lot of business being done. Right. He's got some Cuban cigars of which he's very proud. He also got like on his mantelpiece, he has an Oscar, like an Oscar statue that he got an exact replica. A, an exact blank replica of an Academy Award as motivation that one day he's going to get the real one and have his name appear on the bottom. And part of, I was so torn because part of me thinks that is a really sweet, motivating, you know, self-fulfilling idea and like, you know, good on you. And part of me is like, you are out of your fucking mind if you think you're ever going to get anywhere near one of these trophies. I, I don't even enjoy the pursuit of it, you know? You think it, it shouldn't be why you're acting. Uh, acting for an award seems I don't, yuck to uh, me. The other thing I did is I went on the IMDb page for Fast 8 because I just thought maybe mm-hmm. there's some context I'm missing to help me enjoy this. And um, Good on you. You, would, you were searching high and low, weren't you, for something to hold on to for this watch. And it's not... It's it's just interesting. It's something we've sort of talked about before, and it's something that you might have come across in 2017 when the movie was released. But um, I'll just read this. It's a part of the IMDb trivia section for right. uh, The Fate of the Furious. Okay. A week before filming ended, Dwayne Johnson posted an infamous message on Instagram confirming that the production had endured its share of onset frictions. And I quote, this is the caption. Sorry, this is from Vin? Did no, this say? is from Dwayne The Rock Johnson. This is, this oh, is, from the, Rock. This oh, is yeah. the caption he posted on this Instagram post. This is my final week of shooting hashtag Fast and Furious 8. There's no other series that gets my blood boiling more than this one. An incredible, hardworking crew. Universal has been great partners as well. My female co-stars are always amazing, and I love them. My male co-stars, however are a different story. Some conduct themselves as stand-up men and true professionals, while others don't. The ones that don't are too chicken shit to do anything about it anyway. Candy asses. (laughs) (laughs) When you watch this movie next April, and it seems like I'm not acting in some of these scenes, and my blood is legit boiling, you're right. Bottom line is... It'll play great for the movie and fits this Hobbs character that, that's embedded in my DNA extremely well. The producer in me is happy about this part. Final week on Fast 8 and I'll finish strong. And then like a, a winky face with a um, slash, like a forward slash, so it's like a wonky emoji. Hashtag Iceman Cometh. Hashtag F8. Hashtag Zero Tolerance for Candy Asses. Holy that shit. That is such a fantastically petty post. I love that. I absolutely love that. I don't I I wouldn't do it. I love that it exists. I love it for us. There's a, a mainly. Yeah, it's fantastic. So who's he talking about, guy? Let's dig in. We know it's fin- there's more. There's more context I can provide you with. So there's a, there's okay. another this is all part of one like paragraph on the trivia page. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the end end quote. It then says 
The post came after co-star and executive producer Vin Diesel reportedly cancelled some of Johnson's planned scenes at the last minute. On several occasions, Diesel had also reportedly refused to show up on set as he was scheduled, leaving hundreds, and this is where I feel like The Rock's PR machine has co-edited the paragraph, leaving hundreds of cast, crew and extras waiting on set for him for more than six hours. Diesel confronted Johnson in a secret meeting one day after Dwayne's message was posted online. Johnson later told The Hollywood Reporter that the meeting cleared up a few things. He confirmed that he and Diesel did not shoot scenes together because of a, quote, fundamental difference in philosophies on how we approach filmmaking and collaborating, end quote. But he was, again, quote, grateful for that clarity, end quote. Although he did not provide details, it was later revealed that the announcement of Johnson's spin-off movie, Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw, was one of the main reasons for Diesel's behavior, as it would split up the series and delay F9, The Fast Saga. Johnson stated that he would probably pass on Fast and Furious 9, but wished Diesel all the best, and I harbor no ill will there, just because of the clarity we have. Actually, you can erase that last part about no ill will. We'll just keep it with the clarity. (laughs) So it sounds like what might have happened is the studio created Hobbs and Shaw... Um, away from Vin, mm. which makes total sense, right? And then Vin gets told that this movie is going to be made with Statham and The Rock that's in his franchise but doesn't involve him. Because mm. there's, you know, I, it, it, if you have any smallness or pettiness in you, that's um, that's ammunition to wig out, isn't it? Absolutely. It's lightning a stick of dynamite. And there's, uh, there's, a, there's a, a little bit further down, it provides the detail that... Um, the there was meant to be a post because you know there's no post credit sequence in this one. Yeah, and I, I feel yeah. like it, it, I'm assuming it's going to be a feature of the seven before it. Uh, the post credit sequence apparently was to be a teaser or you know an allusion to Hobbs, and, Hobbs Shaw, and Shaw, and uh, Vin nixed it. He got it axed. Man. That'd be cool. That'd be so exciting, don't you think? To see that in if context. You're in the cinema? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That'd be fucking awesome. Shit, man. If you I let's put yourself in um Vin Diesel's shoes. How would you feel if you had this career where you'd had a few a few sort of brushes with um, you know, big successful movies, but it never quite happened for you. You've done Triple X, and it was sort of it has it occupies this brief cultural flashpoint of um, enduring fandom to this day, actually. But you know, when it first came out, it was like, ah, it probably didn't do huge numbers. And then same with Pitch Black, um, Chronicles of Riddick. But there's, a, there's a, I, I believe Riddick is still alive. I think that. Yeah, Riddick's coming back. That's news, actually, um, just down the wire. I think it's... But, a- it, but it, they both had this thing where it was like, it kind of came out, some people fucking into it, never quite struck gold, and then he has Fast and the Furious. It's it's huge. It's wild. It, I, it leads to him getting such roles as Groot in the MCU yeah. for Guardians of the Galaxy. He, I, it's an interesting space to occupy, isn't it? Because he's obviously attained, like... A level of success which puts him in the you know he's he's a i believe he's a genuine a-lister yeah. but he doesn't it's feel not, like well, one though and i think it's this kind of it's behavior. not on his terms 
precisely because it's all basically runs through this one franchise. And so to see a bona fide A-lister whose reach is the beyond rock. a single franchise, mm. I can understand that that would, um, you know, that would like initiate some feelings of discomfort or, you know, neuroses. At the same time, thinking about what Joseph said and knowing he's probably been privy to this information before, you know, if The Rock, who's basically, as you as you've suggested historically on the podcast, his entire film career is in service of uh, transition to actual power and politics. Yes. And so, you know, it's not his franchise. It, it, the Fast and Furious isn't. And so if he starts trying to imprint his you know, bigger picture and yeah, the the. Pl- but I think I think what Vin saw, and I think he's he's probably on the money with this, is there was a potential for The Rock to take it off him, for him t- to say some something happens, and somehow like Vin's almost no longer in it at all. It's not Dom Toretto's thing anymore. Now it's Luke Hobbs and the crew. Mm. But which it, it is that's the thing. The, which it really is yeah. for, for F8. It was, it, maybe it's almost like a trial run to give the audience a, a taste of what it would be like if The Rock no, was but, in no, charge. No, because the, the, the framing device for The Rock being in charge is like the entire through line and overarching narrative of this movie is Vin Diesel's discovery of and relationship to his son, his prioritizing of family, you know, or his... But that's how they—that's how they wrote off Paul Walker's character as well. They said like basically he's ju- he's going to leave the crew and just live his own life I, away from I, everyone. I, and maybe I they would do the same surely thing. Surely we can both appreciate that Paul Walker's was a bit of a special instance in that he um, tragically passed exactly. away. I hear you, but from the studio's point of view, if you were trying to get rid of the Dom Torito character so that we can now put this franchise in the hands of a real genuine unquestionable a-lister i, I just don't, i don't think fast fans would take to it like joseph joseph yeah, is our man on the right. ground and he wouldn't yeah that would yeah yeah, yeah it would upset right. i i just i just i love it it's i love establish, isn't it because we know it's like it's like making bond a woman there would be pandemonium on the streets <laughs> bedlam yeah bedlam in the cineplex This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective, professional, licensed professional to tell my problems to, so that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy during, uh, there was a pandemic, I don't know if you remember, and the benefits were immediate and long-lasting. They help give you skills that you can use when you are in stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, it's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all time. I, I like... I'm like at the end, you know, they're on that rooftop at the end of this movie, and uh, yeah, I yeah. do know that bit, guy. It's my yeah. favorite bit. They're in New York, there's right? So, yeah, there's something about seeing, even though we know that they weren't actually in frame together, the three bald heads on top of the muscular bodies yeah. of Statham, The Rock, and De- Statham Rock Diesel in a yeah in frame. It's like I want to three eggs. I want half a half yeah, a dozen eggs. All double yokers. In The Rock's case, three yolks in the shell. Three, he's yoked. He's a triple he's, he's fucking yoked. I want to see them on a junket together. You know, uh, oh man, it would be so cool if they did get along, eh? It, it would did, make sense. Then, it would make sense for them to get along. They bloody should. And I feel like Statham's a good, I want to believe he's a peacemaker in all of this. I want to believe that he's the one lowering the temperature of the room when these two guys start, you but know, if it's, if that's, really if butting that's stretched, heads. stretched across a whole production, no one's capable of that. Like, it's tiresome for... 100%. Especially when Vin is a... Is, he's not even one of these fake producers, I believe. It's not like they gave him an EP credit because he's a star of the movie. Like, I think he's actually... He's doing producing yeah. in this franchise. And that's, he is, he I is mean, producing that's part of the conflict of interest is that he's protecting Vin Diesel, the producer, is protecting Vin Diesel, the actor, in the face of... Huge. Absolutely. I, I, and this is the thing. This is why I'm like, Universal's got a problem on its hands. Because imagine if... if um, it's like we're seeing recently, you know, these 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 men who are singularly associated or, or kind of have, have created and cast themselves inside of these um, properties and then they're discovered to be terrible human beings and they're after the property gets wicked huge and successful the truth comes out about the creator and then the the, the sort of studios and the distributors and the people who have bankrolled this and are standing to gain so much have already stand to gain lots more over time have this incredibly uh, difficult business decision to make about like, well, what the fuck do we do now? What do we do? Because I don't know if you can take Justin Roiland out of Rick and Morty. I don't know if it, if it is a thing anymore. <laughs> but they try because there's money what's, to be but, made somehow. Yeah. But what's the, what's the functionality of that? Does, is there no way that you can strike them out so that they don't get kickbacks or, you know, are their future earnings still tied to the intellectual property? Like... Does, if the series keeps it's, going, it's does he keep so making money? I get, 
and I'm actually I've kind of gone off in a slightly different direction, but it's uh, I guess I'm I'm what I'm what I'm picking at is you know. Vin Diesel has made himself such a central pillar of this movie franchise, both as an actor and a producer. And and as a producer, it kind of inflates his importance mm-hmm. as an actor mm-hmm. as well as they sort of play off each other. That if something bad were to come out about Vin Diesel, like it becomes even more complicated than what would normally happen with a leading man being discovered to be terrible, a la... And you know, normally I don't, I don't sort of like bring up examples of shit because people like to listen to these podcasts way in the future. But it's a nice time capsule. The fuck is going on with the Flash and uh, Ezra Miller? I think is his name. <laughs> like crazy, crazy stuff. But they're still bringing that movie out with him at the helm as the Flash because there's 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 gold in them birds, and we got to go find def- it. And that's tough. one of the that's a one that's of a the tough thing to market. Funniest tweets I've ever seen. It's from a while ago. Was um. Because Ezra Miller is just, they are single-handedly creating anarchy at every turn. And the tweet yeah. was, uh, a second Ezra Miller has crashed into the South Tower. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good description of the trailer, which you've probably seen, but it, like this is all about these two flashes and it's it's both Ezra Miller. Anyhow. And it's just... You know, people do send us a lot of memes based on whatever movie we're engaging with. And uh, someone sent me on Instagram the other day, maybe you as well. Um, uh, was it driving fast cars makes you lose your hair? And it just showed all of the bald men who venture <laughs> in Fast and Furious. Because <laughs> oh. you're right, it's a lot of shiny domes. It's um, Franchise is about two things, cars and being bald. And the other person, I don't actually have evidence of it uh, from the IMDb page that The Rock was feuding with because he, he, he mentions multiple candy asses I believe is Tyrese yeah you'd have to say mate I mean you don't think Ludacris no uh, Ludacris seems I reckon Ludacris is neutral Scott Eastwood I think there's probably f- friends hard work yeah like he keeps his head down nose clean absolutely um, yeah this this and based on absolutely nothing yeah but it's probably because it's his first it's his first one of these and his dad's clint eastwood i guess is what i'm basing that on Mm. i I mean ludicrous was he's bad like he's bad in these two movies that we've watched he seems very uh low energy checked out trying harder and trying harder in this one I, 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 I am so excited for the reverse journey that we're going to go on with Ludacris. I know. Um, I know. I've got, These are going to get better. If, this if, was a pain if in the you ass don't mind, Mike. This was a fucking pain in the ass. It Sorry, was. guy. Should we, just before I get it, continue the sort of train that we're on, should we do yeah. some shining lights just to brighten the mood? Oh, yeah. I wrote them down. Or I wrote my one down. So do, do you yeah. have one to kick off? Uh, it's actually a, a part of The Rock's acting. I, and I, if I've done it before, tell me because I'll, I'll pivot. But it's uh, they're chasing Vin through Manhattan. Vin Diesel, while he was on the press junket for this, by the way, was like kept saying the movie's going to be set in New York. The movie's going to be set in New York. Do you think this movie's set in New York? No. No. It's absolutely not set in New York. There's a set piece in New York. Wait, what, the zombie cars? Yeah. Does that... That doesn't even read as particularly New Yorky to me. Well, that... It's just like an it American major as, city. But in the lead up to the movie, Vin was out on the on the junket saying the movie's going to be set in New York. Anyway, that's by the boat. That's how you get the East Coasters. Everything's so LA-based in this movie. But, uh, they're, they're driving around and the, the family are chasing uh, Dominic Toretto. And you sort of got this hopeless Scott Eastwood little nobody character who's 
doing his best to prove himself, but also doesn't quite understand the challenges of, involved with, with um, you know, pitting Dom. At one point he says, I'm going to pit him. And then I think Roman says, what do you think? You're just going to pit Dom? You're going to pit yeah. Dominic Toretto. And so Dom's accelerating and he drives his indestructible Dodge through the base of a scaffolding and all the cars are trailing and uh, the scaffolding starts falling down and Scott Eastwood's mm-hmm. car gets caught underneath it, stops and he sort of slams the wheel. He's made an error. He, he's of no use anymore. And everyone else, you see them pivoting and driving around the outside of the scaffolding. And then The Rock says, I'll take the shortcut and just in his, in his truck just barrels straight through it. And yeah. the truck, there's a, a sound effect in Foley, like there's an impact noise of the truck breaking the metal. And as soon as you first hear that impact noise, the rock makes a like a like a sort of a physical impact, like he's recoiling or it's forced this involuntary audible noise out of him. And mm-hmm. that noise is my shining light. <laughs> From the rock. Yeah. You could argue that's an acting performance. Yeah. It's Whatever great. it was, it's the decision, it's his decision to make it, it's the decision to keep it in. It's like the idea that that sells the total unreality of the truck plowing through that much metal at once. I just, I love that it was in there and I actually look forward to hearing it every watch. God bless you, Guy Montgomery. Jesus loves you more light. than you will know. Rhodes. Connor Rhodes, who's our bad guy, who actually, before I do the shining light, and I, I was going to re, I, I was going to do a rear rewind, but I didn't. I swear, at the start of the movie, he's got an Irish accent. I don't know about that. Do you know what he does got? The what? codes. Yes, Rhodes got Rhodes the codes. Got the codes. Rhodes got the codes. <laughs> That's Charlie's. You should see the line it's, written. It's it leaps line. off the yeah. page. <laughs> How did they spell Rhodes? Because I've written it in my notes. R-H-O-D-E-S. That is correct. Yes. So my shining light was um, we're in Russia. Dom has switched to the dark side because his son is being held hostage by Cypher so that Dom will work with Cypher against his own crew. Dom has been teamed up with Rhodes to take the crew out. Mm -hmm. They have a sniper rifle. Mm -hmm. They are on... Uh, effectively a, a little sniper nest on top of a mountainy, a, a snowy hill. And they can see the crew coming, and Rhodes is getting ready to pick them off one by one. And uh, Rhodes, and I haven't written the quote verbatim, but he's, he says uh, something very similar to, um, since you're so close with your crew, you get to pick who do we kill first. And Dom says something like, I don't kill my targets a mile away. Yeah, I want to look them... In the yeah, eye. yeah. I, I, I look them in the eye. I look people in the eye when I kill yeah, them, yeah. something like that. And there, so he gets, so it's actually like what Dom says is a bit longer than that and it kind of unnecessary because Rhodes is just going like, all right, which who do we go for first? And Dom's got this big fucking macho thing about, oh, I don't kill people with fucking sniper rifle, blah, 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 blah. And Rhodes goes, all right, wife it is. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, yeah, because like in this situation, you know, Rhodes, <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't fucking want to be there with Dominic Toretto. They've been forced together by Cipher. He's trying to make the best of it, and he's like trying to fucking make this thing work. He's like, all right, fucko, who do we take out first? Dom's like, oh, I'm a big fucking tough hero, despite the fact that I'm kind of helping you at the moment. I'm being forced to do it, so I'm gonna give you this moralistic speech about how you can take a life, but you've got to do it with your bare hands rather than a gun. And then he's just like, all right, I'm going to shoot your wife. 
How, how you do you like that? Irritating Is that cool? Asshole. Yeah, that's... Exactly. That's really exactly. funny. It's also, it's your classic, it's a diluted version of um, something Dom does in the movie that where he's, early on when Cypher takes him on the plane and they're sort of having one of their laboured back and forths, which, um, again, to experience must be read. Uh it's honestly, it's almost like there's something about it that made it like a graphic novel. It's like I was reading it. It's like it, it just it really crystallized my distaste for this movie. Seeing the lines of dialogue appear as the, as the movie was happening, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, it says, you know what the problem is with putting, you, you know, what the problem is with catching a tiger is you got to keep its your foot on its throat. You can never, you can never take it your foot, take off, your its foot off its throat. Is it neck or throat? Oh, fuck. I think it's neck. It says you, can never, you know what the problem is with catching a tiger? You can never take your foot off its neck. It says this in like the first third of a 17-hour movie. And you hear it and you're like, that's not really anything. But, you know, I can see what you're going for. And it's sort of, it's it's shapeless and formless in the context of watching the whole movie. And then much, much, much later on, like decades, what feel like decades pass. At the end of the movie, he's, he's talking to Cypher and he says... This, that. He says, I just saved my son and you just took your foot off the tiger's neck. And it's always bothered me because I'm like, it, this is a man so in the weeds of his own mythology. He assumes that every nonsensical aside or attempted idiom yeah. has such weight and value that the people who he spouts them to are all holding on to them, waiting for the resolution. Like if I was... You know, even if I was Cypher and my master plan is falling to bits around me, like I've lost the nuclear, I've, lo- I've got the codes, but I've lost the, the means of deploying the nukes. And then in the middle of all that, Dominic Toretto says, and you just took your foot off the tiger's neck. I would <laughs> s- sort of stop what I was working on and be like, what? But you just took your... What'd you say? <laughs> you go, no, well, uh, sorry. What has that got to do with anything right now? You know, remember earlier I said the problem with... No. Do you know how fucking busy I am? Like, do you have any idea what I'm trying to achieve? And for me, it's another smaller version of what... I've got to deal with this fucking guy over here who can't act, for one. And that's what he does with Rhodes, is he does another version of it, but it's closer together, so it almost works. It's it's He's a frustrating guy to be around. And when he's promote like... There are some grins. The grins I still like. I saw some promotion. It's all in Cuba. Grins we happen got in Cuba sneak, and nowhere We got else. sent some. Um, we got sent some footage of uh, Vin on the junket, the promotion to a Fast X, and he's cracking up. He's talking. To, he says yeah. there's a reason J.R.R. Tolkien stopped writing Lord of the Rings. He's smiling. He's laughing. Mythologies are he's hard. A, he's like a fun, goofy guy. And I'm so, yeah, why? Yeah, exactly. Why have you removed? All of these characteristics. Well, that because that's a Vin Diesel for Guy Montgomery. That is not a Vin Diesel for the for the ticket buying audience of Fast no, and Furious. Right. They don't want to see no. that. So we've got to hide that guy at all. I costs. hate to say it. You're right. Can I can I pitch you an alternative to this whole movie? Because the movie sets out a possibility in the first act. In fact, in the introduction of who I would argue is the second billing co-star with Vin Diesel, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. We see him. We're introduced to him, gives this big speech out of context and what is a, a close-up, maybe arguably an ECU, of his, his big face with the sky in the background saying that he has formed a crack team of the world's uh, you know, greatest warriors. That's why they're here and that's why they will dominate today. And then it's revealed to be a girls' soccer team, the Red yeah. Dragons. We've talked about and, it. Um, 
And then his uh, his sort of government handler comes along and says that, you know, there's a top secret mission that he's got to go do. And the government handler guy says, um, Hobbs, you're going to need a team you can trust. And Hobbs goes, he says something like, don't worry, I know exactly the team for it. Now, for Tim and Guy, up to this point, this is the first time we've seen Hobbs. And all we know about Hobbs is he's got a soccer team of under 14-year-old girls who he would live and die for. He takes them to Taylor Swift concerts. He pays for them to have ice cream and manicures and pedicures at the mall. He spends a lot of time making sure that this team gels and works. I put it to you, Guy Montgomery, an alternative fast date, The Fate of the Furious, is Luke Hobbs leading a uh, soccer team of under 14-year-old girls to save the world from cyber. I'll describe it to you right now. Smash cut, Berlin. They're breaking out of the place from which they just stole the EMD, which I sort of, it's taken a while to get P. it, but that stands for elect- or, yeah, electromagnetic pulse. Uh, all of these young teenage girls are behind the wheels of these insanely powerful vehicles and they're driving away and they can sort of just see over the wheel and it's sort of, it's pretty tough and they're going, yeah, well, we did it. Oh my God, we're so cool. We held you out at the rock. And he's going, great work, ladies. When we get back to the base, frosty sodas are on me. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then because he doesn't have Tej or Ludacris, he's rigged up the same impactful the same wrecking ball that is used in the actual movie and so he says all right follow my lead and he's driving and the police pull out behind all of these girls who are sort of just peering over the wheels of their cars and he says okay roll out and sort of they they're not that familiar with car parlance and the the wrecking ball comes down and none of them can see it because they can barely see over the wheels and it just absolutely obliterates them the whole red dragons just get blasted by this wrecking ball smashes through six cars of teenage girls and then the rock is just driving out front mortified (laughs) with this emp in the back of his truck like what the fuck have i done what the fuck have i done that's your movie holy shit all right everybody (laughs) well sleep tight sweet dreams Hope you enjoyed that. It's terrifying, guy. Yeah. Um, look, this was from your mouth to God's this, ears. That is a terrifying plot. This was a. It was a tough watch. And I'm just. What would you rate it out of ten? Two. Yeah, I'm a. I'm a. I'm a two and a half, three on this. Could have been worse. No. No good. So it could have been, it certainly could have been a little bit worse, but and there's each, a lot of room for it to be better. There wasn't a whole lot room for me for it to be worse in some ways. But but we do what we do. We work hard. And do you know that there's um, three more screenings How of many? this? Three? Fuck. I forgot where we were up to and I thought there was one. No, no, no. There's a lot more of this. Oh, Next no. time we do it and record, I hope to be sitting with you um, thigh to thigh <laughs> to thigh to thigh. Till then, and I'll be Montgomery. making unrelenting eye contact. Fare thee well, and uh, don't let the man get you down. Who can't? Goodbye. He can't. See you later.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.